who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Super Nintendos, and welcome to the coziest episode of Nintendo Voice Chat this year, maybe of all time. I'm doing a little goof here with my sweater. I have to actually unzip it because it's very warm. I am Seth Macy. You can call me Roman Candle because I am fired up about this week's episode. We have a lot of guests. We have Marie wearing a 49ers hat. Not that thrilled about, but I don't have really any animosity towards the 49ers. But right here in the studio for segment one, we are joined by Jada Griffin. Hey. Industry legend Cat Bailey. I'm only missing my nice big cup of eggnog so that I can mm. just chill out and relax. So eggy. <laughs> and joining us once again, fan favorite Tom Marks. Hello. Tom. Hi. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. I'm, I feel like yeah. I'm the least cozily dressed here, but you got a little... your bow tie is very festive, though, and I love yeah. it. The zip-up well, hearts... sweater works very well. Yeah. 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 Here, I'll, I'll roll down my sleeves. How about that? <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, you do have patches on your arms, though. Those are cozy. Uh, yeah, it's true. Awesome. It's true. All right. Um, hey, Tom. Yes. You reviewed Super Mario RPG. I did. What a dream come true. <laughs> I I imagine it was. I have, a, I have a question for you. Yeah. For those of us like myself, who've never played uh, Super Mario RPG, I was hoping you could start by telling us what RPG stands for. Um, Rocket Propelled Grenade. I was going to go with Goomba, but yes, I think that's actually the correct answer. Uh, yeah, okay. no, it's, it's... So this is the RPG that sort of start... As far as I can tell, started the, like, timing-based, turn-based RPGs. Was, yes. mm -hmm. It was the one that... It without it, Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi series wouldn't exist, right? And those kind of split off from it. So it, it's and it's this quirky thing because it's like was made by Square, 
27 years ago, I believe. Many moons ago. Yeah. 1996, I believe. Yeah, somewhere around there. And yeah. so it, it was, you know, it's this very funny thing where it's like a Final Fantasy developer made Mario turn-based RPG. It's just such a, it's so funny that it exists. If you uh, don't mind me jumping in, it's a, quite a remarkable time in Square's history because this was when Square and Nintendo were the best of friends. Yep. Ah, yeah, very close. Yeah, uh, as developers, Square had been working on the NES and the uh, SNES for, and it produced many Final Fantasy games. And it was assumed that this would continue into the N64 era. And this was kind of the apex of That's that relationship. True. Nintendo let them build a Mario RPG. And Mario, and Nintendo, it should be mentioned, had been trying to make RPGs as a genre happen in the u.s for a long time mm. at that point yeah. if you are old enough maybe you'll remember that dragon warrior yep. was a huge oh was God. presented as a huge deal and then didn't do yes. that well in the u.s mm. so then they gave a, f a lot of free copies through nintendo power and whatnot <laughs> mario rpg was arguably another attempt to make rpgs happen in the west and the way they did that was through comedy uh, very bright and colorful and wonderful graphics and a action-based push-button timing system that worked pretty well. And this was the last arguably game that Square did as friends with Nintendo. Because <laughs> the yep. year after Final Fantasy VII comes out and really does make RPGs happen on consoles mm -hmm. in America, but then, of course, it was the ultimate betrayal Right. Yeah. And Sony and Square became best of friends for many, many years after that. Here's your little history lesson. No, that's... <laughs> like, thank you. It's that's great because awesome. it's such a... It, it's great to know all that, too, because it is, like I said, it is such a unique game. And so it's it's cool to know that it's not just this anomaly. Like, it is it is very representative of sort of its place in time, right? And where it is in, in games is that it is, it's unique in a lot of different ways. <laughs> yeah, and Mario really owes a lot to Mario RPG because so many of these characters were developed within Mario. Like, with Peach, for example. I mean, she got her frying pan in Mario RPG. Mm -hmm. Bowser, as we know him today, arguably started more in RPG, Mario RPG, these, these characters became more fleshed out. I think Peach in particular really benefits from being more fully written, right. I think. And, and like you said, Bowser in this game is, you know, not to go into story spoilers or anything like that, but Bowser is really the goofy sort of weirdly lovable angry idiot that he <laughs> has later becomes. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Where it started. he's such a dope. And it's so fun how much of a dope he is. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, I, I have very fond memories of playing Super Mario RPG back yeah. in the day. And it's just, like, to see the glow up that this one got, um, like, I cannot wait to spend all my day, all my yes. weekend with this game. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Tom, what was, like, what was your favorite thing, like, revisiting it? This is obviously also one of your favorite games of all times, if not yeah. your favorite game of all time. What was your, like the best thing for you like revisiting this i don't think it's quite my favorite game of all time but i'm very it's very difficult for me to pick that one yeah so you know that's that's a tricky one generally um but yes it is one of my favorites for anybody who read my preview a few weeks ago um literally i didn't own this game as a kid but i 
memorized the sticker number on the copy that I had my had my save file from my local video store, and I always made sure to rent that same one. And then when the video store went out of business, I bought that copy from them, and I still own it with the store sticker on it. So, so good. It's a memento from my childhood that I treasure very much. Um, it was great to revisit it. It was super fun. You know, I've wanted to write about games for so long, literally, like, play video games for a living was like what i wrote on my like second grade like what do you want to do when you grow up thing mm -hmm. um and nice. this game was influential from my childhood that said it's also so difficult to review a game that you care about this much to yeah. a certain mm. extent because you're more critical of the things you love i think a lot of the time or at least i am and so i loved seeing like like one of my favorite things i think they did is they really updated the combat not like drastically but they added you know normally you would just press a to time with an attack or a block now there's a more precise time you can press a to get even more damage or even like fully oh, negate oh. damage right mm. um they added this triple move system where if you string together a bunch of those really good timings you bring up this gauge and then you can do a super move that has these crazy cutscenes. uh they did a lot of other things like you can swap party members now on the fly in mm. the middle of combat, and you can even do that when one of your party members is, like, asleep or turned into a mushroom. You can – they won't be able to act, but instead you can just swap them out. So combat is this way more That's complex cool. thing uh, in terms of, like, you don't always need Peach in to heal your team because mm -hmm. when your team gets turned into mushrooms, you can swap her in, and it gives you a little bit more options. But also – from a modern perspective, it's tricky to review a game like this because it is a 27-year-old RPG that was the first of its genre in a couple of ways, like with the timing-based stuff, yes. not like first RPG ever. I'm not saying that. Um, first to do a lot of these things. And so a lot of parts of it, even with the updates, do feel old, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not, I think, a slight against it necessarily. It's still can a lot of fun. It's just like... It was interesting to me to have played Sea of Stars this year. Yes. And see a timing-based RPG combat system that is arguably a lot better than this. Mm -hmm. And it come out Ooh. in the same year, right? And and that is, you know, it, it's hard not to feel like there are parts of this that are going to feel old to people who have never played it before. But that doesn't mean that the package as a whole wasn't still absolutely great. Because like Kat said... Yeah one of the things that they really leaned into to make this game appealing was humor and mm -hmm. that weirdness that I mentioned. It, you know, I think, I think literally the box or the, the cartridge in the box art for this says like, join Mario on like a wild RPG role-playing adventure or something like that. Like they, they know that this game is strange and is reveling in that. And all of that stuff still totally holds up. And even maybe holds up better in the context of nowadays where Mario is this much more sort of like sterile, protected brand that Nintendo doesn't go out and do stuff like yes. this on. You know, you don't have games where Bowser is like smooching Mario accidentally mm -hmm. <laughs> anymore. So uh. it's it's just really, it's a really cool game still. And it was so fun to revisit it. He is able to give a lot so, of hugs to uh, Mario and Smash Brothers, though. That's true. Lots of hugs there. Lots of very friendly hugs in that game. Yes. Is that the only Bowser uh, on Mario smooch in video gamedom? I would be willing to bet no, but I can't name another mm. one off the top of my head. The art that oh, I just Googled it, ships. and uh, yeah. there's 12,000 million uh, image results. You're going to have to throw for... away your computer now, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> I've got malware everywhere now. But. <laughs> so, Tom, you said that it... You know, it's one of your favorite games. You know, you you love this game, and it, 
presented some challenges, but I'm curious because, you know, I'm all obviously the protagonist of reality. Um, having never played this, do you think it will be hard for me to play this for the first time, um, knowing that so many other games have come after it that have sort of improved upon it? No, I so I don't think, and this is one of the reasons I think this remake does still just like, is still great. I don't think it's going to be hard for you to enjoy this game, right? It's okay. not it's not like a lot of 30-year-old games where you play it and you're like this just doesn't function very well anymore. Mm -hmm. Like a classic example that I love to to harp on is GoldenEye. If you handed GoldenEye with an mm. with an N64 controller to somebody <laughs> only used to playing Call of Duty, they probably wouldn't get it, right? I think not right off the bat, at least it yeah, would take some time. Exactly. This is not that if you're an RPG fan, you can pick this game up and you will enjoy it. It just is that the combat probably won't be <sighs> like the combat itself won't blow you away. Probably, especially okay. if you've played other things like Superstar Saga or, you know, the Paper Mario games or mm -hmm. Sea of Stars or whatever. That doesn't mean it's going to disappoint you. It just means that it's, you know, it's it's the combat itself is not the reason this game will will catch you, maybe. But it right. is a reason you'll enjoy it. It's very simple well, by design. Yes, yeah, it's very simple by design. It's designed with accessibility in mind. It's mm -hmm. baby's first RPG. So, uh, and, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Sure. Um, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. So if RPGs aren't normally your genre and you find them a little intimidating, maybe this is a great entry point. And they do have a, they have a difficulty mode. I didn't play it, but they have an easier difficulty mode. Mm. The game is in my opinion, not Maybe very not. hard. They reworked the timing somewhat to, I would say, be more forgiving. Mm. You, can, you, you can do exact timings and it sort of holds your hand a little bit and you're like, okay, well, you can actually block damage and be invincible right. against enemies. But if you do that enough, it'll go, okay, we're not holding your hand anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stepping back a little bit from that, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very nice in that regard. And I, I appreciate sort of how much it lets... You know, it, it lets you come in, or, or, or what am I trying to say? Like, you can go on the easier route if you want it, if you just want this story. And I, I think that yeah. that goes to show how much, you know, just the combat is not the point. But there is a lot of combat in the game, so you will be engaging with it a lot. <laughs> I have is to there a, I, I, a grinding? Uh, so this is a funny thing because it's not random encounters, right? All of the enemies oh. that you can fight are on the battlefield and you can see them and you can walk into them to fight them or run away from them and it's not hard to run past a lot of the enemies in this game uh but if you do that you'll be under leveled so it's not really okay. grinding as much as like if you just sort of fight the enemies that you see in front of you and don't really skip a ton of fights you will be the level you need to be at any given time it's very well tuned in that regard oh cool okay. um i'm yeah one of the only people in the world who actually likes grinding you can grind. oh i'm right there with you relaxing. seth i, oh, okay. I love grinding in there's, my there's plenty to grind and they did add these sort of like this post game that wasn't in the original that has harder fights that you sort of oh, cool. gives you something to grind towards that maybe the the base game doesn't really call for um so there is that i think for people who want it but it's it's not necessarily um it's not required by any means, which I think is the best type of grinding in an RPG is mm -hmm. one where that rewards you if you do want to do that, yes. but does not make it mandatory. Correct. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's very, uh, it's actually quite short. Yeah. Oh RPG. yeah. 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 And once again, by design, I remember I, I played it the first time I played it long, long ago, <laughs> we were able to beat it. I think in a weekend, it was not 
not that challenging. Yeah, depending on your schedule. Uh, it, it, I think How Long to Beat says it's about like 15 to 20 hours. I beat it in about 12 this time. But again, I've beaten it before. So I I knew where a lot of the things were. I knew where to go most of the time. Who um, to talk to when you get to a new place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I, and I didn't do quite all of the side stuff. So I think if you're really just enjoying this game, it's probably 15 to 20 hours. And that's maybe okay. not including all the end game stuff. It's quite the upset that this game even happened. I don't think anybody ever expected a fully 3D remake of Super Mario RPG, especially given kind of its weird history. And an interesting yeah. running subplot is Nintendo was weirdly cagey about the studio that was actually go developing it. Nobody knew yeah. for quite a while until finally it came out, uh, I believe via the credits, that it was R. Piazza. And R. Piazza, if you're not familiar with them, Worked on a lot of Dragon Quest games right. over the years, especially the I ports agree. on the Nintendo DS. Oh, and, love those. So uh, much. Yeah, they do a really good job. They did a fantastic effing job bringing over Dragon Quest XI uh, to the Nintendo Switch and surprisingly making it one of the best versions of that particular game. So, yeah, for sure. Um, and they did a great job with this remake, too. I mean, they added post-game, like updating the mechanics. Um, they did a very good job from, with the graphics, from what I can see. Uh, it's quite an impressive little package. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a very good remake, for sure. There was some, like... The, you know, it's so funny. Every time I think that we don't need an updated hard switch hardware thing. I mm -hmm. run into a game like this, which doesn't feel like it should have lag issues. And then about a third of the way through the game, this menu, the menus in this game have massive frame rate drops oh, every no. time you open any menu. And I just Yeesh. don't get why it was like switch two with better cpu that just doesn't have those leg issues yeah but the, thankfully and crucially none of that shows up during combat so it doesn't ever affect like the actual sort of gameplay timing of things mm -hmm. it's just sort of obnoxious but otherwise yeah i think they did a really good job um i'm a little torn on the art but i do think it looks very nice i just wish it yeah it, i said this in my review but like when you compare it to like live live alive or Link's awakening mm -hmm. which took these sort of very interesting angles to how they updated the graphics yeah. this sort of just is like makes it 3d which i i thought was like not bad they don't do a bad job of it it just was like a little bit i wish they had gone a little further maybe but again you get into such weird murky territory when you're like i wish they had changed more is like not quite what i'm saying but mm -hmm. you know it, it can be sort of a weird thing to say because i understand the people who just want an updated version of what this game was yeah, well, yeah watching your review like the the scene where you're like running past the bees it was very like donkey kong country kind of like graphics like if they took what we had for donkey kong country on the snes and then they just like hey we're just gonna up res this and smooth it out right and make it look kind of like that's kind of the vibe i get from this one which is fine it's not a bad look like uh, yeah, yeah but i i think that the the comparison i sort of landed on and this might be a little bit harsh is um link between worlds mm. where link between worlds was a sequel to link to the past and link to the past had this beautiful style of pixel art yes. and then link between worlds went to 3d and the art is like fine right mm -hmm. compared to that pixel art it's not really as good looking but it's a fine looking game and i think this probably looks a little bit better than Link Between Worlds, kind of comparatively, contextually, but at the same time, it, it felt similar to me where, you know, the original had sort of a, a character, a voice to it that the just updating it to 3D, I think, don't didn't necessarily capture. 
Yeah. Um, mm. And that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean it looks bad. It just means that it's sort of, it's, it's a little bit less interesting to me than what that pre-rendered 3D of the original did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Tom, what did you end up scoring? I give it an eight. Superman. You gave it an eight, which is great. Great. On the, on the, uh, on the IGN scale. Well, uh, since you're here at Deputy Reviews Editor, Senior you actually now. brought this up. Whoa. See, oh, hey, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> That's excellent. So forgive me, Senior Deputy. Senior. Oh, my God. You can leave Deputy. Yeah, I almost That's called fine. you Senior Deputy uh, Reviews Editor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You were talking about Nintendo's kind of year, and mm. it's been a great year for Nintendo. And uh, I went ahead and put together actually a list of every uh, sort of first-party Nintendo game that released this year, and I organized them by score, starting from the lowest. So uh, who who can guess what the, the first entry on this list oh, is going goodness. to be? First party, the lowest first party. I know it, so I can I Go can for it. this one out. Oh, uh, I mean I, I edit these. Yes, so I, I, know, I know them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, it was. Uh, I'll give you a little. What's hint. the score? The, the score is four. Okay, four. A four for a first party Nintendo. Everybody, one two switch. Yes, Jada gets it. You get the point. Yep. <laughs> I that just needed the, the score. <laughs> the most memorable game of the year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. It was kind of. I think it was the the one of the big draws at Gamescom was everybody won two switch. You could go up and play it live in front of all of Europe. Um, <laughs> Follow that by and this one's a little. I almost didn't put on the list because it is a DLC. What's Pokemon Scarlet Violet in Treasure of Area Zero Part One Teal Mask? Not only did it score a five, but it's a mouthful. <laughs> that one came out just uh, two months ago, September. Yep. Detective Peach, Pikachu Returns was a six. Mm. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe was a seven. WarioWare Move It also a seven. Advanced Wars One and Two Reboot Camp was an eight, and now we're getting into now we're getting into the to the high end stuff. And this tells you what how much of a crazy year this is. I forgot that this game came out. In 2023, Fire Emblem Engage. Mm-hmm. That was like January, right? I think. Yeah, it was January 20th. Yeah. Yep. One of the January best games 20th, of the year. It was. IMO. It was. It really. It's. I need to go back to that game because it's the first Fire Emblem game that I was like, I get it. It's terrific. I like. Yeah, it is wonderful, and it's. Uh, and it came out this year, you know, almost a year ago. So that is followed or tied with Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon also got a nine. That came out on. St. Patty's Day. So uh, mm. March 17th. Pikmin 4 also got a 9. Came out June 21st. Super Mario Wonder also a 9. Mm-hmm. And then we have two. Two 10s. And Tom, when you mentioned this, I forgot. I mean, the first one, like, the, one of them's obvious. It's Tears of the King. The only game that actually should be an 11. Because <laughs> apparently people are getting mad that i like this game so much like i noticed that it. yeah yeah you think it's the best game ever i'm like yeah you <laughs> like i also think chocolate's delicious and i really <laughs> enjoy like spending time outdoors like it's normal stuff to, to people of, of taste like myself but the other game they got a 10 who wants to field this one i don't know what this one is Ooh. You're all staring at me. Oh my gosh. Well, I, 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 again, I just know it. I, again, put, I put together just, this data like knows. the other day, so I like, <laughs> know the whole list. I'm, Should I? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. It's Metroid Prime Remastered. Oh, that's right. Yep. We did give a 10 to that one. That was also yeah. like January, February, right? It was uh, really? February 8th, that one. Yeah. That was the surprise drop, too, wasn't it? They're like, and that'll be available this week. I, I think it was out that day. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, it was don't up quite quickly. Yeah. I'm sure that was a major headache for you, Tom, having to organize the <laughs> review uh, for that one. I mean, thankfully, that was Sam. Though, yeah, that, I was gonna say, thankfully, yeah. we had Sam, who's a big Metroid Prime of like fan and so it was like i think it was easy easier to find somebody for that one right off the bat because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to review another a metroid game oh, another great remake uh that they did a really fantastic job mm-hmm. with it's a uh, crazy long. year yeah really good year for nintendo wow yeah oh, also it's... also indicative generally of what this year was though is that uh because i did this data where i like looked at every game review that we've like by score by year since we switched to the 10 point scale at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. And this year is really funny in its curve because it's sort of similar to what Nintendo has had where it's been a very flat year. We've had almost twice as many fours as the second highest number of fours we've given in a year. And that shows where Nintendo has had four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, right? They yep. have run the whole scale and sort of the whole year has been similar where it's been, it's been a lot, along the whole scale you know it, mm-hmm. as of last time i checked the numbers i think we've given like 28 percent fewer sevens this year than any of the last three years yeah um, take that meme lord lots of eights this year lots of eights this year like it's funny like i go through the comments constantly twitter instagram wherever and we post our review graphics and stuff and our reviews on site and everybody's like 8gn i'm like that's not the meme guys <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is also, like 17 or 18 percent fewer eights this year than the second lowest the yep. year. It's, oh, wow. This is this is the first year. This is my favorite stat I learned by doing this. It, you know, it's it's not a, it's not news that IGN that we give mostly sevens and eights. I think the entire industry does for a lot of different reasons. We mostly mm-hmm. review games people are interested in. Games people are interested in are usually higher budget, which means they usually are generally have a lower floor. There's a lot of things that go into this. Dan Stapleton wrote a really great column all about this. You can go check which out. Everyone should go read. It's mm-hmm. really informative. Um, this is the first year in, in since we switched to the 10-point scale that sevens plus eights did not make up at least 50% of our total game reviews for the year. That's amazing. So it's, it's way substantially shifted either towards nines and tens or fours and fives it was the highs really... are higher and the lows are lower exactly this, this yeah hmm? yeah and i wonder how much of that was like two years of game development from home it makes a lot of sense i think that um it's game developers are min-maxing almost they're going for <laughs> the biggest possible hit because games cost so much mm-hmm. money yeah to make and there's just not as much room in the middle yeah the the messy middle as it were so i don't i don't remember the last time a first party developer got two tens in a year and then also got a four like that is (laughs) so interesting to me yeah what's funny is everybody one two switch and metroid prime remaster were just kind of sitting in a warehouse somewhere (laughs) yeah been done for quite a while and then they were like, oh, fine, put them out. And the results were so wildly disparate, yeah. I have to say. Oh, you might have just answered why we haven't gotten Twilight Princess and Wind Waker yet. Because one of them's a four and the other's a ten. <laughs> Don't <And> say they... <laughs> that. Don't that curse into the world. <laughs> Excuse me. How dare you? I thought, he's, I thought he was going with they're both just sitting in a no, warehouse no, 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 somewhere waiting. No, no, no. Those, those, like, I, love, I love both of those games. I love <laughs> okay. Wind Waker is a ten for me. Like Twilight Princess is probably like an eight. But okay. Wind Waker is a is a ten all all day long, but yeah, it's uh it's interesting because a lot of people sort of think like that the review scale is like there's an average, mm. but that's not what the score like a five is not an average game. Right. It's a, it's, it's a, what is it, okay mm-hmm. or no five is uh, five is mediocre. mediocre. Yeah. Six is okay. Like, seven is kind of the average game because 
let's face it, like most games are good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's not even that seven is the average game. It's just that like seven is the average game we review, right? And That's always another also, for the record, eight, we always yeah. literally always give more eights than sevens. The joke is sevens, but like it's always yeah. been more eight. Like that's yep. that's not a new thing. Um, but again, it really has to do with what we pick to review. And one of the reasons yeah. it's not saying that this year was far worse. It's saying that the games people were interested in that we chose to review this year ended up flopping more than we expected or more than they usually do you got things like redfall and lord of the rings golem right which were sort of anticipated larger games that totally didn't deliver in the way you know Mm -hmm. usually large budget games nobody thought golem was going to deliver well that's okay that's fair but you <laughs> but, but, the fr- but on the franchise yeah. like a lord of the rings franchise type game you expect a certain level of quality yeah. and yeah. enjoyment fair, out of yeah, that Whereas, oh there he is there's our little guy our little <laughs> our little ring boy our little hey, give me that precious our little... and then we also just had you know like I, I don't think anybody really expected pokemon to be as yeah, much bad. of a as rough as it was this mm-hmm. year yeah. right um yeah. So, yeah, it's been, I, I think Kat saying devs are min-maxing is probably not too far off. Yeah, Nintendo is, this is Nintendo's year. What uh, Is this the best Nintendo year? Oh, uh, this is the top 2017? I think it yeah. does. This think, might, uh, maybe. Because uh, Odyssey came out at the end of I 2017. I mean, 2017 had it's, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey. Yeah, but I mean, we got, yeah. I mean, we got, and Splatoon. But we also got Tears of the Kingdom, we got Wonder, we got Pikmin 4, which has just been smashing records for the franchise. If it's not the best, it's at least second best. It's like yeah. the breadth the breadth is pretty wild, and there's a lot of ah. great depth in there too. Yeah. <laughs> the breadth of the wild. So just saying that, you know, they're they're they've got the kingdom on lock. Um, and there's no tears for many of us. <laughs> oh. And I appreciate you making that stretch and not <laughs> me. But, yeah. I mean, you know, I we brought up the subject of reviews because I, I we always get like a good response. So I hope you enjoy like learning about a little bit about the process of reviews. And it, we are, you know, I definitely didn't get a check for my PlayStation Portal review. <laughs> um, but I, oh, I still gave it an eight because I liked it. Also, just a real quick note that I, I don't think enough people know about this. It, there's... If you click, if you go to an IGN review and you go to the score at the bottom, there's a little thing at the bottom that says like review policy. I can't remember the exact words, but there's a little hyperlink at the bottom. Mm -hmm. You can click that if you've never done it before. And we have a full paragraph about what we define each score as very clearly with Mm -hmm. example games. So if you're ever curious why something is a seven or a six or whatever, you know, obviously it's not a science. It's not math. This is, this is reviewing. This is opinion. Excuse me. They are numbers. (laughs) Numbers are math. (laughs) Okay. Fair. You got me. <laughs> but you can see how, exactly how we define a six versus a five versus a four yeah. and what goes into that. And we, we, that's not just like pageantry. Like we refer reviewers to that when they're thinking about scores. Yep. So yeah. there, there is a lot of information out there too that you can, you can check about kind of how we think about that stuff. The other thing yeah. I'll, I'll add to that as well for reviews is because a lot of times well, people will see the IGN review and it's like, oh, that's IGN score. It's like, yes, it is, but it's also that reviewer's opinion. It's that singular person's yeah. um, opinion. Bigger games like Tears of the Kingdom, obviously multiple people weigh in because these are like these larger games. Like, okay, I think this is a 10 and like 
yes, a lot of us agree. This is a 10. This game is immaculate. Yeah, but even that sort of thing is more like, like gut checking. Exactly. Yes. Like review by committee. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'll say the what I'll say for those, if you agree or disagree with a review, look at what the other person, that person has reviewed other than this one game, because you yeah. can get a better sense of that reviewer's taste. And that will help you kind of see like, okay, I agree with Tom with his reviews on these games. It makes sense that I like that I agree with his review here or like no I don't like Jada's review on this what else has she reviewed oh I like that review she did though but yep. so it's like it's really about finding the reviewer whose tastes align with yours and some people yeah. are really know genres really well yes um interestingly enough I know sports genres mm -hmm. and also yeah. RPGs uh Stella did an incredible job with the Modern Warfare 3 I agree her uh, sure. review she's amazing at shooters really 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 good so it's helpful to know the if you are a big fan of a particular genre, finding the writers that you really want to follow mm -hmm. and seeing what their opinions are, because maybe they'll match yours. So This may surprise you because it's not even my department, but I actually think a lot about our reviews and how, not, not saying that there's anything wrong with it, but when someone's like, oh, you guys gave this a seven and it's not even an average game. Um, I think like, how, we're not communicating that well enough to the audience because we're telling them they need to go and find out why we, we did it like this. And I always think like, how could we improve our messaging around that? And then also totally. to Jada's point, like, like maybe we need to all be a little more uh, 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 bombastic as personalities so that people know exactly. Oh, Cat reviewed this game, and Cat mm -hmm. knows everything about sports games. So this is an opinion that matters. I always you know I'm NBA a very bombastic personality. <laughs> very much. Yeah, right. I always encourage our reviewers to kind of respond in the comments, and I always I always encourage our our users to ask questions in the review. If you have a question about why somebody felt like something like that, I read through these comments, and if I see something for Cat or Tom or Seth or anybody, and it's a well-worded question you're not just calling the review trash i will ping them and be like hey go hop in and like maybe answer this question it could be really good so you can always and if you don't know what their tags you want to ping them directly you can just ping me in the comment system at jade arena yeah always that's a good one to do and i just also wanted to add that uh i don't i can't speak for anyone else but when i'm reviewing a game I'm reviewing it from the point of view of the guy who didn't work in the game industry for, uh, let's see, 40 years of my life, who just liked playing video games. And I'm putting out my honest to God opinion. Um, at first, I was always worried that I was going to put out the wrong opinion. Like the first couple of reviews I did, I'm like, oh, what if I get this wrong? But now I'm just mm -hmm. like, no, this is exactly how I feel. I don't have that trepidation anymore, that anxiety. So yeah, like when you read a review for me, I can say like that is legitimately how I feel. And if you and I were talking in a house together at a party, perhaps enjoying uh, like a bucket of jungle juice, because oh wait, kids don't drink, alcohol is bad. <laughs> but if we were hanging out, that's I would give you the same opinion that I write down, except for it wouldn't have um, Dan and Tom's fingerprints on it, making me making my words better. Thank you for editing my reviews. Is what I'm saying. My pleasure. <laughs> Excellent. Does anyone else have anything else they would like to add? Because I could just talk about cool review stuff all day. Yes. To me. Go play yes. Super Mario RPG. Okay. People can play that right now, actually, because this show comes out on Friday mornings. And the game is out November 17th, which is 
My day, birthday. The day. Ooh. Oh, what? For real? Yeah, tomorrow's my birthday. Happy what? birthday. What? Oh, my God. Well, Friday, you mean yeah. today? Yeah, today. Happy, happy yeah. birthday <laughs> to Jada. Happy, happy Ooh. birthday. You're 21 now. You can go drink. I that can. is so exciting. I can go get that jungle oh juice you were talking about. You can go get that jungle. I'll, Don't drink I'll, children. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring the pineapple and the mangoes to dump in there. And the apple and, juice and then the pear oh juice. You just get all the, all the juices. That's the jungle juices. You just grab all your favorite juices and mix them together. It's exactly right. And then you have a fun party where you throw frisbees at the beach and make sand castles. That's not true. Awesome. Tom, thank you for coming into the city today, braving the dystopian hellscape that is San Francisco. So you can talk about <laughs> Super Mario RPG. My pleasure. One of the another one of the the great games of 2023. Mm -hmm. I'm super stoked on this one. So all right. We're gonna come back and we're gonna uh we're gonna eat some food. Oh wait. No, everyone else is going to eat some food. Aww. I'm just going to sit here. Maybe I'll go get a snack. Maybe I'll grab a, a, a nutritious apple upstairs. <laughs> yeah, we've got some treats, and we're going to answer your questions on Question 1. Holy crap, that was an awesome discussion about video game reviews with Tom, Jada, and Kat. But now we're switching gears. We're going from reviews to refood. We've got Reb Valentine <laughs> in the studio. That was amazing, Seth. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I'm full of it. Sam Claiborne. Hey, it's so good to be here. Hi, hi. Hello. And Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello. Welcome. It's so great to see you both. You have neither one of you have been on the show in ages and ages, and we're really excited to have you here. We're going to be doing a little question block. Excuse me, a little Webston long. Webston block. What, Reb? I went over my have... head. It's, he, well, several, it's a thing. He put in the show doc. He started writing Quebston block in the show block in the show document instead of question block. And nobody noticed until I was hosting just for him one week mm -hmm. when he wasn't here. And I got to the question block segment segment. And I opened my mouth as I was looking at it. And went, now it's time for Quebston block because okay. I didn't understand what he had done. Okay. So we've been calling it that. It's not actually that funny of a joke, but. No, I don't know. No, it's it. not, but it has it's a thing now. And we're gonna merchandise it. So look for that t-shirt oh, in the okay. IGN store as soon as possible. I want it on but, a Thanksgiving colored poncho. Yeah, yeah that's okay. A, you know who doesn't <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you, you, are you talking happen? like a rain poncho or are you talking like a woven poncho? Oh, no way, like, woven poncho all the way. Can okay. you imagine oh, yeah. a rain poncho? No, that's so gosh. <laughs> I have a, a friend like he lives three in times. Yeah. yeah. He lives totally. in Arizona. And he sent me a picture. He has a he's, he's like six foot seven, three hundred pounds. He's a large man, and he has a one of those little mini bikes. Mm -hmm. And he sent me a picture of him on his mini bike with a poncho, and it was maybe the most powerful image. I've that's ever really seen. see. That's I've the only way life. to get to Bookman's. Yeah, this is yeah. an Arizona <laughs> right. reference for just me and Seth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or we could go to Zia Records, maybe. Yes, when we're done if Bookmans. there are any left. I'm so glad I, you're here, I, Sam. I, I don't think there are. Hey, Reb. Yeah. You got a plate in front of you. I for do. those of you, who, for those who are just listening, there's a plate in front of you, yes. and it looks like there's something on that plate. Could you explain to the listeners at home? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been, we're doing a Thanksgiving episode where people tend to eat at Thanksgiving. So I wanted to make something food related because I've made food mm -hmm. uh, to bring on this podcast before from various video game cookbooks. Mm -hmm. um, and my my cowardly admission is that actually admission is that actually I I forgot that I had promised to do this uh, and until this morning when my alarm went off at 5 30. Come on, you baked this this morning? I did bake this this no. morning. And I, I panicked because I wanted to make something from the Legend of Zelda 
cookbook because you two both did like so much right. work on mm-hmm. the guides for Breath of the Wild she and Tears the of the Kingdom. We both did a lot. Both involved, yeah. uh, heavily involved in guides work. Um, and I thought having a Zelda food would be appropriate. And so I, but then I remembered that having committed to this, I drowned my Zelda cookbook on accident uh, in water when I was Did you like lentils. shoot away and be like, I'm supposed to cook something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> actually the alarm went off. I had Pokemon sleep. I had the alarm in that. Wow. I looked at it and I went, Oh, I Should actually had Pokemon I can't awake. Hit that was your problem. I can't hit snooze. Were you going to cook up. it the night before? I I think I thought. I, so I was originally going to make turtle rock cookies from that book, which is a recipe oh, that I took a I photo of, rock. like little little pecans and chocolate, mm-hmm. little turtle shaped. I think I remember oh. seeing a picture of that in that They're cookbook. They're super cute, and I really want to oh, make yeah. them. And I took a picture of that recipe when I drowned my cookbook because I hadn't made it yet, and I wanted to make what it. What are you saying? You drowned your cookbook? I drowned it. I, it was sitting yeah. on the counter. I was soaking some lentils for an unrelated thing. Uh, it overflowed, and it, the thing just got covered in water. And I tried to dry it out, but oh, it dried out fast enough, so it got moldy in the pages. No. I could never eat soaked lentils again. No. It wasn't good. Um, but I, anyway, I, I was going to go to the store. I was going to buy the ingredients for this. And then I was going to make them this morning, but I forgot to go to the store. So I had to make something with what I, I had. And I didn't have any recipes in that. Anyway, the point is I looked up the IGN guide mm-hmm. for recipes in Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You got goat butter. Oh. I got goat butter. Got I don't got goat wheat. butter. Um, but I found a uh, nut cake is in there. And this actually yeah. is in the Legends cookbook. Oh. But I didn't use Chickaloo the Legends nut. cookbook recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, I used just sort of a combination <laughs> of knowing how to make coffee cake like breads, uh, like ah, banana yeah. bread and things like that. And the things that I had. So it does have raisins in it. It also has almonds uh, for the nut cake part. It has uh, vanilla mm. and various spices. So it smells like Christmas in here a little yes. bit. It really oh. does. It's oh my God, I'm so envious. Really nice. Um, Mm-hmm. As soon as she put it in front of us, I was like, this smells great. Well, I really hope okay. it tastes as good as it smells. I'm just and very nervous about it. it is that fruitcake essence of smell, which yes. is like, that's what the holiday spices are like. Yeah. Like nutmeg in there. Really good stuff. I did not make it with Hylian acorns, um, mm-hmm. which I believe are involved in nut cake somehow. And it's interchangeable depending on the with nut. With Chickaloo nut or yeah. Hylian. Oh my gosh. Of course. Like, obviously you have retained this information. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> I've never had in real life goat butter. I've had lots of goat cheeses, but it looks so good in Zelda that yeah. I'm like super goat butter curious now. Yeah. It's like, it's like melting stuff. What I really, what I really wish I would have done if I had had, this week has been very chaotic, but if I had more time and energy this week, what I would have done is done a cheesy recipe or like the, the, the pizza Ooh, recipe. Oh yeah. yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh. Like that's, yeah. that's one of the really so notable cool new ones. They, they have this whole side quest where you basically help someone reinvent you cheese. rig an election you, you yep. rig an election isn't that the same thing it's, it's, isn't that the election yeah, quest yeah it's, it's, it's yeah. part of that yeah because yeah. yeah, you're, you're trying to win the favor of the people and then you come across the, mm-hmm. this family that's like we need to do something else with our milk. And yeah. there's my grandpa no has a long lost recipe that's somehow just floating in the middle of this lake. Can yep. you go get it? And then you do. It's an then extensive it's like, quest too. It takes a long time. <laughs> but it's really goofy because the, the idea that no one in this village where like dairy is clearly a primary export mm-hmm. can remember cheese. It's not that they've never, it's never happened there before, but at some point someone invented cheese. Mm-hmm. And then what is it? Isn't it part of the quest? Like they had to like, ban it or suppress it or some or got no i think they just i forget exactly what a lot lot of calories in cheese how get about it they forget cheese really well and then there's also this other subplot in the game about tomatoes being really hip oh yeah Yeah. and like you know the description says that and like people sometimes talk about tomatoes in the game and like it's a new thing and you see them in the sky for the first time but i think you can get them in other places but so that's the other the other component of pizza which you just like you just think of them like being like well we want to put pizza in this game and then they like totally retconned every single ingredient and made it like part of the game it's so cool yeah i i do really like the sort of 
thought experiment of, okay, if tomorrow a bunch of floating islands appeared in the sky here in our world and then cra- some of them crashed to the ground and we, we looked at them and suddenly they were, we realized they were covered in like new mm-hmm. plant species we had never seen before, trees, mushrooms, fruits, things like that we'd never seen before, immediately we would have culinary discoveries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like not, not forget everything else involved with that with like archaeology and science and stuff. People would be like ripping up plants and going, can we eat any of this? I feel bad thinking immediately of like, are these invasive species? Oh, what's yeah. it going to kill off? <laughs> like are Hylian tomatoes invasive? Like, mm-hmm. We're, we're going to find out tomorrow that like the silent princess has gone completely extinct because it was choked oh, no. out by the, the sundalions or something. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, those look like they taste oh, bad though. So oh, I'm yeah, cool I wouldn't eat them. Yeah. No. They make you glow. That's, mm-hmm. that's not good. Maybe in a tropical <laughs> cocktail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, yeah back to pizza, a, though. The, yeah. I, 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 I tried it. So the first time I was making pizza in that I'm game. I'm eat this while we talk. I'm really had, Oh, yeah, yeah. We, well, we, I was we hoping that everyone okay. could take like a bite and give their All right. thoughts. Okay, we can so, do well, that. No, I, I want to hear the pizza story, though. No, no, it's fine. Let's yeah, do this I want to hear this pizza story. If we have time for pizza, we will have time for pizza. <laughs> That's true. It's always time for pizza. Don't you remember? Have you not ever been to a pizza hut in the 80s? There was a clock. It literally said it's time for pizza hmm. and it just ran very fast. And uh, one of the hands, I believe, was a, uh, a pizza cutter and the other was a spatula. Oh, I think it tastes all right. I think it's a little dry because of the nuts. A little That's dry. Good. Oh. I don't remember that. I want one of those clocks so bad. <laughs> I scour every time I go into a thrift store, I look for a Pizza Hut um, classic. There it is. It's always time for pizza. Oh I was gosh. wrong about Incredible. the. Uh, That's it. I was wrong about the, the, the hands, but. Um, yeah, every Pizza Hut had one of those, and the glass uh, lamps, which go for like fifteen hundred dollars. Well, those are great, eBay. like the kind that you those. put over your pool table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Yep. Yeah, those are amazing. Yep. Like those in every iteration, whether they're beer or Pizza Hut, are, are really cool, and they're always mm-hmm. really expensive. Yep. Our uh, our I local Thai restaurant place in Kansas City has bought a bunch of those. Oh wow. Oh nice. Oh, it's more oh, of a so CC what's the verdict kid. on the bread? Hmm. It, it's very holiday-like, and uh, it would be really good with a, a nice cup of uh, uh, what, what's coffee in Zelda? They have coffee. Ooh. They have anything like they that? They don't really. The, Animal Crossing. Zelda aren't great. I would say no. Like, there's they not really teas? a lot of options. They have water and and mumu milk. Lawn, sorry, lawn lawn milk. Lawn lawn milk. Okay. Okay. crossed. So maybe a lawn um, lawn latte. The, 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 the alcohol. Drink. Yeah, which is non-alcoholic it. technically, but we oh, can also the noble pursuit. Yeah. You can present it to that house alcohol, even though it's in a cocktail glass. Mm. It's not technically alcoholic. I see. I think I think this okay. would be good if they served it at a milk bar. Yeah. Um, I also think it would be good with like coffee. Yeah. I'd want like yeah. more milk with it. Yeah. I mean, now that make you... in Zelda. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now that you've mentioned coffee cake, it's all I can think about. So this yep. is sitting. Yeah. This, this is a coffee cake recipe. Yeah. Basically. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's great. Good. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. 
Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy. But how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear. And each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com. Sam, I want to hear about some pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah. back to pizza. <laughs> so when I first was making pizza, the, my whole goal in, in Tears of the Kingdom, like I didn't want to beat the game or anything. I just wanted to make the pizza. So I got it. That's just a joke, everybody. Running category. Please hold your emails. Um, but I, I, I did. I was doing those quests, and this is pretty recent because that game, you know, I've been playing for months and months and months. And um, so I, I got the, all the ingredients. I finally got the cheese, and I was like, this is going to be great. And I was like, I didn't want to look up a recipe. So I was like, I'm going to make pizza. And so I, I did... You know, it, I think it's just tomato, cheese, and then wheat is what you're supposed yeah. to do. That's it. Sounds right. But because the wheat looks like the rice in the menu, I used rice. And I did it like, I wasted like 10 cheeses being like, what the F is wrong? Do I need to add mushrooms? Do I need ah. to add like a topping? Like this is, you know, I didn't want to look it up. So I was like, what's going on here? And it was like, I was making like gooey, crappy rice pizza, but <sighs> gluten-free. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the the rice and the wheat do look too similar. Mm -hmm. I, I've yeah. made that mistake many times experimenting. Yeah, otherwise you get uh, instead of like cool rice bowls, you get porridge. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like usually what the Oof. distinction is, which is like you know a, a nice a nice uh, what is it? High roll high roll bass porridge doesn't sound as tasty as a you know fishy rice bowl. No, no. there's a lot <laughs> of like kind of any <laughs> porridge. There's a lot of stuff in there that is not explicitly dubious food, but seems like it would be quite dubious. Like there's all the dark recipes that also came in in Tears of the Kingdom. I don't mm. know. Some of those like dark soup. I don't know. I want them. I want them all. Yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. think they taste like? That's what I was thinking too. It's like, what's the flavor profile here? And I think they would be, 
they wouldn't be spicy. I think they'd be kind of like mild and rich in flavor. Because mm. Goron spice is spicy in the yes. game, yeah, yeah, right? And, and, yeah. and then they kind of had that as the spicy thing. But like they do, there is something about that like, that I don't know if it's supposed to be like really umami or like sour because like the recipes are like really diverse that you can make with yeah them. i guess i also just said mild and rich but mild isn't like heat like mm. they wouldn't be a hot thing but they would have very deep flavors mm. it's really hard to get that element uh, until pretty mid game yeah late game honestly i feel you... like they would be like mole a little bit oh that'd be awesome oh, yeah, okay. like a chocolate yeah chocolate thing. spicy but not sweet Ooh. Yeah. I like imagining that it tastes like, so we have like sweet, sour, salty, bitter, umami. I like imagining that it's a sixth taste. Yeah. We don't know. We don't even know. Can't oh, even wow. imagine it. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you see where those <laughs> things come from? Yeah. Like the dirt. And the then it's pulsing. It's weird. So you that, and that's a different category than monster recipes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like monster cake and everything. What makes them the, what makes the purple or monster rice ball? What's the thing you add to that? Do you actually the add a monster, monster part? The essence. Oh, right. The, the liquid. Yeah. yeah, you can't just have a part. The okay, part right, will right. like you make you do You have to distill it into an uh, yeah. elixir first. It's, it's a secret process that we do not know. Right. Mm -hmm. But the process has been passed on to, um, I forget what his name is in. Uh, oh, the little guy. Yeah. Yep. The, the, the dude whose brother wants to be a, a magic. No, no, not Colton and Kilton. Like, oh, they they passed on the recipe to a merchant oh. in. Uh, how can I forget the name of this place? Because I listen Tarrytown? to Tarrytown. Yeah, well, because like the there's one time. million things to do. It's in true. Oh, right. Yeah. So in Tarrytown, so. there is a Rito merchant who now sells it oh. exclusively. It's a Rito. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sure he's a Rito. Hmm. I'm like, well, not I mostly just made skewers. Like I was, I was playing the game and exploring. I was just like, all right, we got mushrooms. We got fruits. We got. Oh, yeah. You see, the way I play is like Link needs a nice treat. He's about to go into battle. He's getting a <laughs> feast. And then we have dessert prepared for later. That's how I play. I'm like, no, 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 that no. That is amazing. It's, and you it's know, all about the role play. <laughs> you know, we were talking about turbo buttons before this, but um, <laughs> the best turbo button in Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom and in, um, in, in Breath of the Wild is to make money by hunting and making meat skewers. And the recipe for that yes. is you kill as many. There's no rhinos. Did you notice that in mm -hmm. Tears of the Kingdom? But you, you go up to Tabantha Ooh. Snowfield, kill as many moose as possible, but you got to get in close. So you got to yep. be on a horse usually. And then because the meat will freeze and then it becomes a, rest, uh, a cooked thing. It's like frozen meat. Yep. So you get all your dropped meat and then you go take the big prime cuts and you make skewers and you cook them. So for people that are trying to make money, you can go and sell those for like the, the high end ones is like 450 or something, yeah. I think, rupees. And then the mid ones are like 200 something. It's like the most rewarding way to make money. For yeah, cooking. but they also will restore like 12 hearts or something just on yeah you own. could eat them but uh you know you could also uh i don't know buy rare armor or something it's, it's a difficult decision true. sometimes you're in a pickle and you're like i can't eat my money so try to sell your money <laughs> stuff first you could get a lot of money and then you could wear the armor that when you get attacked it, you don't lose hearts you lose rupees that armor yeah. is wild and you're basically invincible yeah but and i i have to look this up because in the in breath of the wild there was a better way to make money, which was bowling, but it wasn't as fun as hunting. And, yeah. and as far as I can tell, this is still the best way without item duplication to make money in the game is to hunt, which is Yeah. Fun. One of the hard things too, though, is that your arrows are so precious mm -hmm. and I, I have run out of arrows like several I times, lot, which is yeah. shocking. I was mm -hmm. like, I had like hundred something. How did I run out? I know. Like, Cause you're like farming or yeah. you're just like killing. Once you get out of the psychological, like, like zone of like, I need to be conserving my arrows. You get, you use them way really fast yeah. It's, yeah it's such great human psychology 
look at us. We're all talking about Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. It's only the best game of the year. Yeah. So Mo- why months wouldn't later. we talk about it? Well, months later. Maybe democracy one of these will days reveal I'll... if that's true or not, Seth. <laughs> I mean, democracy is an imperfect it. system because, you know, it, it will sometimes uh, reward tyranny. And if Tears of the... But what I'm saying is if Tears of the Kingdom doesn't win, it's a tyrannical uh, decision. <laughs> Tyrannies the of, of the kingdom. Of the masses. Yes, exactly. Um, well, now that everyone's eaten and I'm just sitting here by myself. I'm sorry. Now it's fine. I'll mail um, you a loaf. You, you want to <laughs> mail me a loaf? That's that's the next t-shirt in the IGN shirt. <laughs> mail me a loaf. Um, let's get to some questions. Some yeah. questions. Webston Block questions. Ben Fisk, top contributor, asks, why are you guys so down on the Zelda movie? And this oh. is a common, people were pretty... Uh, upset with us that we weren't all stoked on the Zelda movie. And now that the dust has settled, and we've all had a little bit of time to be... Oh, my God. Is that Peppers? <laughs> yeah, he just I'm sorry. Peppers just appeared. Yeah, so invasion. not only do you have food, but you have <laughs> IGN's most famous dog, dog Pepper Scoville. Um, uh, Peppers, little Peepaw there. Peepaw is really excited for the Zelda movie. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. next time we have a... Look, I'm just going to say that I think in future discussions, we'll probably all be a little less yes. um, off the cuff. Like, we were fired up. We like, were. you know, like Logan, that guy, he just <laughs> slow down, you know, he's crazy. No, that's not true. Logan. Logan is wonderful. We love Logan. Um, I don't yeah. know. It, it, um, it's hard to be optimistic when they say live action. Sorry, I don't want to like retread too much, oh but no, like, I, oh, man, I, I got so many thoughts. support because the community was not happy that we weren't thrilled. So, so they did a good job with the Mario movie, but they had like a studio and a team associated that knows how to do that kind of comedy, that humor, that animation. But right now we just have a guy who did some okay adaptions of YA novels and that have been received in various ways and is doing a Planet of the Apes, which it's like, okay, maybe he's good at like CG directing and other stuff, but, or CGI, excuse me. I, but mm. I have nothing else to give confidence here. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm very worried that this is going to be YA Marvel, which like very specific YA Marvel fantasy is what they're kind of going for with the team that they have attached to it right now. And I think that's okay. Like Zelda's a story for all ages, but yeah. the, the scary part is you're putting a face, a human face yeah. to Link. And a voice. Yeah, and that's a voice. Tough. That's for anybody. For yeah. even like a really, for, for like the absolute best team in the world. Look, yeah. it's, it's hard to look good in a tunic. <laughs> yeah, that's also that, true. You know from experience. Look, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. I have several I'm denim tunics. Um, Let's <laughs> <laughs> get a, uh, a denim utilicill. Pretty, pretty dope. Yeah. I, they, they sell those, those packs. absolutely here in oh san francisco there is a utility oh, yeah. kilt um, shop i'm gonna bring it like yeah we, we were giving our initial thoughts and none of us were psyched now that being said i have full faith that mr miyamoto who by the way just turned 71 happy birthday mr miyamoto Whoa. he always happy listens birthday. he listens every mr. week M. can i share something um, about miyamoto oh yeah this is my What's favorite up? thing but we were talking about this morning i watched a movie with miyamoto once what? It's like, the, what? Yeah. it's like the weirdest way to phrase this. Um, I was in Japan for... It was Milo and Otis. <laughs> oh, no. I was in Japan for something very unrelated, but the Detective Pikachu premiere happened to be happening while I was in Japan. And one of our former editors was like, you want to go? And I was like, yeah. is that a question? Mm. And so uh, Miyamoto was there. So I'm like, we watched a movie together. Oh, my God. So Miyamoto was your movie date. That is amazing. What, uh, <laughs> what did he have over, for snacks? You know. Did you see? Yeah. I don't think he had any snacks when he came in. Mm. I didn't have any snacks either, to be fair. I was you know, like, Mr. Miyamoto seems like time. the kind of guy who, uh, like, everyone would be eating, like, going, just 
housing some Twizzlers and some Reese's Pieces. <laughs> I feel like he would have like a bento box that would, you know, when you opened it up, it was like a, a faint glow to it because it'd be magic. <laughs> I think he's a Junior Mints guy. Yeah. Think he's a Junior Mints? Junior Mints is a great choice with really the popcorn. Good, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, d- a quick question that has nothing to do with Has anyone else uh, bitten the end off Twizzlers and drank soda through them? Ew. Oh, uh, yeah. You can make them a straw. I've not yeah, done that with Twizzlers. I've done it with sour punch straws. And no, that's, you've gone too far, Rebecca. I will sorry. say I it's been at I least drink. 30 years if I've ever done that. I also I think I'm it's been like, it. I think I've done it this year. The, <laughs> the, real, the real good one is candy canes with chocolate milk. You can do it with, you great... do it with hot chocolate, but the problem is the hot chocolate melts the candy cane and then you burn your mouth because you're through a if straw. If a candy cane, yeah. Candy canes don't have holes, and you don't drink hot things through also, straws. It's, it's going down. This is yeah. so confusing. No, so you drink chocolate milk, not okay. But uh, they candy canes shouldn't be hollow. You're right. I don't think they're hollow, but I did this in Girl Scouts once, and it worked. It's kind of a cool idea to have a maybe candy it's just cane a straw. Stick. That'd be kind yeah, of yeah, peppermint stick maybe. Maybe but yeah, they do make peppermint stick. Hmm. They make like the world's most uh, unhealthy. Like they're straws that are made out of cereal. So you could just drink mm. milk through a cereal oh, straw and then eat okay. the straw. Yeah. You know, that like the cocoa pebbles. What do you chaotic. mean they make? They. <laughs> the cereal you know, you know what I'm talking about. Them. The deep state. <laughs> they. Listen, I get that the plastic all bag the of uh, just a generic brand cereal. I don't know what this is. <laughs> oh, my God. The Malto meal? It's the best. Yeah, 40 ounces of fruity dino puffs. Uh, fruity dino kids. bites, I mean. We have yeah, four yeah. kids. Oh, there it is. We're not getting this Oh, my fancy God. Brett stuff. just pulled the cereal straw. <laughs> Brought to you Look by at that. Was it, Look at, uh, was it last week that you were saying that a Lucky Charms with all marshmallows would not be good? Was that you? I was, that, I was saying that uh, the Super Mario movie was a bowl of Lucky Charms with all the oats removed. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Which is, <laughs> he's was... not saying it's good or bad. He's just saying. No. Well, back to the Zelda movie. Like, look, <laughs> listen, we had just heard about look, it. Look, I got. Emotions were high. To hang out with these guys. I got yeah. so much heat for just saying all the same things that it sounds like you guys said uh, on the podcast last week on Game Scoop. So I'm not touching this one. Honestly, I oh. thought the consensus was that, like, kind of skeptical. Because my back I'm extremely skeptical. Seems like a poor choice. No, you don't want to do but... this right <laughs> It's fine. Like I don't. I. I just feel like they should have waited to announce a little bit more of an exciting either cast around it or mm. more people involved in the writing. Like obviously yeah. Miyamoto's involved in some capacity, but with, with what they gave us, it's like this is not the director I thought they would choose for like the Legend of Zelda. Yeah. You know what? I yeah. think you've really hit it on the head. I. I don't. I. I. Th- I think you're exactly right. I don't. I don't think it's that I'm not excited about a Zelda movie. I think. I think. Great. I'm glad they're doing a Zelda movie. I. I don't think it. It's, it's not that I think live action is impossible to do well. It's not that I hate anyone involved. It's just a weird way to find out. And it's very, and with, with the information we've been given, it's hard to visualize the specific combination of things in a way that is pleasing to me. Okay, well, I was taught to, if you can't say anything nice, to not say anything. No. Uh, no, I, here's here's hell. Oh, here's a backhanded way to do this. Oh my gosh! Uh, I oh think this gosh. will force Nintendo's hand to put out a Zelda game that year. Okay. Oh yeah. hell yeah! There's nothing bad about that. See, I did it. Now I'm excited, everybody. Now I'm excited hell for yeah. the year the Zelda movie comes out. I want it to be Zelda the movie, the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does Big Mary have anything nice to say? Twilight Princess. <laughs> Twilight Princess. <laughs> That's probably probably would be one of the best ones to adapt. Yeah, actually. it'd be really moody and cool. That's great. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. No, Miranda, that 
Absolutely. Like I want a moody like goth Zelda. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. So interesting. That's what I want too. I think they would have. Uh, I mean, again, I'm like I'm like going into skepticism. I think that's like the most obvious one to turn into live action because it's already sort of the closest to a more realistic ish looking thing. Uh, but also, the what? How do you do Midna and Wolf Link? What do you um, mean? How do you, you do just, them? That could be CGI. Uh, that's well, easy enough. Okay. Midna look- is Danny DeVito. <laughs> I hope fantastic. they look good in CG. I think they, they can. Like they say can. The guy, the guy directing is is doing Planet of the Apes stuff. Like, yeah, I'm not saying they can't. Uh, that movie looks saying, got some deal. Or as we as we talked a little bit about on last week's show, Jim Henson's Creature Shop, and maybe like Weta uh, do the effects, cool. like the creature effects. That'd be that'd be badass. There, I'm gonna say that mm-hmm. if. Like if they do practical creature effects like Jim Henson's Creature Shop, like I would be a thousand percent on board. That would be a I very cool surprise. And I love Labyrinth. Are so. we worried I, that Miyamoto has been working on this ever since We Music, and that's all he's done this century? <laughs> oh, that would be heartbreaking. Just a joke. Uh, you actually, and you get a, yeah, a, a vitality sensor movie. with it when you buy a ticket to the movie. So, would <laughs> be. I hope that, that right. I hope that if we go to the movie and bring the Nintendo Labo like goggles or whatever, we can get 3D effects. <laughs> That'd be sweet. <laughs> 3D, boy, that came and went, didn't it? <laughs> I was like, yep. I don't have depth perception, but 3D movies was the only time I could experience the world in three dimensions, and now I can't anymore. Thanks a lot. Really? Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Oh wow. I don't have depth perception, but when I went to see like whatever that Jurassic World movie is, um, the one where he goes like that. Yeah. Um, I could see that in 3D. It wasn't very good 3D, but it was it was still oh that's cool, pretty exciting to go from a 2D. It was world. like the train right. was coming right at you. It was coming right <laughs> at me. Mark Schlazner asks, which PS4, Xbox One, Xbox One games would you like to see ported to the Super Nintendo Switch? So in a hypothetical world where the next Switch comes out and we get Last, last generation games on Xbox what? ported this is a to very them. Very rude question. This is a rude question. <laughs> what games are on the? PS4 I know it's Xbox? not because right off the rip, I want to be able to play Red Dead Redemption Two on the go, and I want to be able to play. You could play that on the 5. Switch. No, 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 no. But like in like really good resolution. So that's yeah. That's that's my. All right. Well, um, maybe you'll okay. get to play a new Zelda five. game and a five-year-old Red Dead game the same year. <laughs> I will play. Red Dead is like one of the best games ever made. I love. I love that it game too. So but you know, come on. And I want to play it on the go. Uh, the Steam Deck changed my approach to Grand Theft Auto Five. I mean, I love Grand Theft Auto Five. I played hundreds of hours. But when I got my Steam Deck, I was like, oh, this is an incredible portable game. So you know what'd be cool instead? I guess I could. Instead, <laughs> instead, yeah, sorry, like instead of old last gen games on a new console, like two times removed, can we get maybe like the next Dragon Age? Because that'd be really cool. That's, that's what I'd want. That's not the question. I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. Is, well, I, 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 I have an actual answer. You'll get Dragon Age 3. Okay. And you'll like it. I have an actual answer. I'm, I'm pretty sure this was on PS4. And so, uh, of course, it's not going to be, and someone in the comments is going to yell at me. I'm sorry if it's not actually on PS4. I want. Wow, you're a professional journalist and you don't know this i don't remember what is on every co- i don't memorize this stuff i'm a re- i research because i'm a reporter i look it up hell um, yeah oh my god that's such a ball good thing answer said. that was a good was answer right there i want tales of zestiria okay i know that's like a weird answer i really liked tales of zestiria it, it i know a lot of other people don't like it a lot of people are really into pre symphonia no it's it's post it's it's the weird like, like a ps4 game it it came out like Somewhere in the realm of 
I, th I think Vesperia was right after it or something, but it wasn't, it wasn't like as well loved. Like it had, it had things that people didn't like about it, but I actually liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. I thought the music was really, really cool. Um, I thought the cast was really good. Um, I thought it had some interesting twists and I didn't finish it. I played it on PC and I don't remember why I didn't finish it. I think I was having trouble like with my controller or something cause I had an old PC then. Um, but it was like on PC and PS4 and it hasn't, it hasn't like been put on like a lot of the other Tales games have gotten love and gotten moved to other platforms, but yeah. Zestiria is just kind of languishing. And yeah, okay, whatever. Bring me that. I'll play that. Sure. I'm trying right. really hard to think about any games on Xbox One or PS4 that I could possibly want to play on Switch. And I, I I'm really having a hard time because like yeah. a lot of the older games that I want to revisit, like Titanfall 2, that's not going to be fun on a Switch controller. Like um, shooters are not like super precise Switch. Not. Like shooters, that's not great. And the other ones are like exclusives. So it's kind of... Is, is oh, Red trying to suggest question. something? What is this? Astro is, that we're looking at. This is the, isn't this the Astro? I'm just going to go. Oh, this is Astro. Astro uh, Astro's Playground. Oh, isn't on, it on uh, PS5? PS5? Yeah. Yeah, this is, Doesn't count, this is a great Red. game. It's not so coming like an impossible to, um, question. I don't know the last time I really thought about PS4 no, or Xbox One. No, I haven't thought about it. You know what it. I would love? You know what I would love to come to Switch? The next Switch would be the Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth games. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I started playing that again. Um, I bounced right off of it when it came out and then I played it with the PlayStation portal and I actually really love that stupid um, game all, great. for all of its dumbness. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm having a great hell time. House, hell I'm looking house, forward to hell, how ridiculous. House, hell house. All right, I'll yeah. just be nice hell to this writer and say cyberpunk. Okay. That'd be a good one too. Sure, yeah. They, yeah. But, the, but specifically the PlayStation 4 version that has no textures and runs it at four, <laughs> four frames per second. That I believe so. people got refunds for. That was like a can yeah. of evil answer, Sam. I know. I thought it was pretty good. Skyrim. <laughs> I would have Skyrim on this. Skyrim. Look, if, they, if they're like, we got a new Skyrim and it's in 4K, I'd be like, well, here's my money. For the eighth time, because is it not I in 4K? Probably right is it? Yeah. What? what I mean, on a, on, a, on a new on a new Switch hardware, but like nice cleaned up one with smooth edges and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, modders do that, but it'd be nice to get an yeah. official one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right, all right. We have time, real quick, for one last question, and this one is from Tyler Dipple, and this is kind of mostly uh, a question for me because he wants. He says, "Uh, where is it? It's a long question." I'm about to move into a new house. Eventually, I'd like to finish the basement and turn the portion, a portion of it into a dedicated home office game room. If I'm not mistaken, you keep most of your games and computers into your basement office, right? Yeah, right behind me. All that stuff. I don't have my modern stuff, though. My PS5, my Xbox, my Switch, my Steam Deck, they're all upstairs. But this is all my classic stuff. And Tyler is worried about moisture getting in and ruining all of this stuff. Wants to know if I have any issues with mold or moisture in my basement office. And if so, what do you do about it? I did. One time my basement flooded. I had to get a new desk because oh. it ruined a lot of things. No. The reason that happened was because my town didn't do didn't have good um drainage and then the, now they do. So I just run a dehumidifier. If you are going to put your stuff yes, in your basement, absolutely run a dehumidifier constantly because you that that moisture, you don't notice it, but it creeps up. Before I, you know, when this used to just be where we stored <laughs> stuff, I would come down here and I'd find like <laughs> Excellent B-roll. It's got a. Uh, I love like, red. What is this B-roll so much? What is this B-roll? It's household implements. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, like, but for real, like, if you're if you want to set stuff up in your basement, you got to keep the moisture out. Sam, you have like a million and yeah. one like classic things. How do you keep them from getting? Well, let me. Destroyed? There's two situations. One is that I have uh, stuff in a garage, 
And um, and there I have to make sure that the salty sea air, because we're only oh. a couple miles from the ocean any, anywhere in San Francisco. If you're nearer to the ocean, you have a lot more problems with that. Uh, I don't necessarily yep. in my house, but I've been worried about that for years. And so I've kind of made it a little bit – I finished the garage basically. Um, but um, I wanted to add uh, – but be you know your electronics for moisture like until it gets like basically underwater you're probably okay but it can rust things if things are susceptible yes. to rust so if you have you know things that might have um you, that's what you have to worry about but you know you're you're kind of electronic components within something you're probably going to be okay with however what i wanted to point out is if you're displaying your old games you need to be aware of sun and light damage so yes. uh, fluorescent lights and uh, and incandescent lights and i don't know about leds as much but in the sun anything coming into a room will fade your reds and your nes game labels and your boxes you will not realize it's happening you'll pull them out and they'll be pink and crappy looking it, 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 all that ink from the 80s uh, is is now given up the ghost it's just like super yep. nintendo's turning yellow and oh, so no. collectors need to be careful and you'll also see this in xbox 360 and um, Wii games, uh, the spines, if you have them exposed to any type of light, they will fade. And the, yep. that ink is going. It, it, it just took 10 years for some of these things, but after that, it's gone. So, like, you will ruin your games if you have them displayed, unfortunately. So, you need to lock them away <clears throat> in uh, drawers in and Tupperwares like I do, and then yeah. they just will never be seen again. I have, but I yeah, own here, them. I'll I know you, I own them. <laughs> I have one I'll give you piece. Another, another yeah. piece of advice before we, we end this segment. Uh, if you ever buy like clothes or get stuff in a package, they come with silica, mm -hmm. and I keep all these from every package I've ever owned, and I just throw them in. Oh, I eat the, them like immediately. <laughs> well, it says do not eat, but that's again the deep state not wanting you to, to keep, wake keep up. them away from your pets. Um, yeah, keep they them away from your make pets. straws out of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, do we have Reb, time? I have one. We don't have time. Oh, I've uh, never keep had... your stuff off the floor. Yeah, there's bugs. Ratzos. Oh yeah. If your basement floods. Just lift yeah, it up. I like, learned that I've, the hard I've way. never had a That's basement all. before. Yeah. They're scary. Oh. I have a ground floor. I don't want to be. I'm from Kansas. I'm from Texas. Yeah, I'm from Maine. We have basements because otherwise your house would just float away on the mud. A tornado will hit out. me. You got to put that heating oh. oil somewhere. That's, that is also true. I have uh, 300 gallons of heating oil like right over there. What? But, I learned about awesome. this from Seth. <laughs> Thank you for coming in and enjoying some food without me. I appreciate you all. <laughs> Reb, Seb, uh, Reb, Sam, and Miranda, thank you all for coming in. And we have one more segment we're going to go right to. We're going to talk about that Zelda trailer that you might have seen 15 years ago. <laughs> so, of course, last week, the Legend of Zelda movie was announced. That's a long ways off from now. Go back and watch last week's episode for our thoughts. But did you know that 15 years ago, IGN had its own trailer for a Zelda movie it was an april fool's joke and people were really mad and of course now we have a new group of ninfrendos at the studio desk to talk about it we've got jada we've got cat and we've got pear uh who was there which is <laughs> your new nickname now pear who was there um yeah so pear could you give us a little bit of a history a little bit of background behind this uh now kind of legendary 
Legend of Zelda trailer. Pear was there. That's right. Um, I mean, all credit should really go to Sam Belcom, the, the filmmaker who made that trailer. Basically, at the time, this is like 2006, 2007, IGN was investing in video content. We were looking for creators who would do some cool stuff. We got like, we, we've got like superhero fan fight videos from, from that uh, day to show. If you go to um, the IGN Games YouTube channel and scroll all the way back, you see a lot of that content. And as part of that, you know, we decided to invest in um, Sam, who pitched us on a fan trailer for a Zelda game. So he, he didn't ever want to make a movie uh, featuring the Zelda characters. He just wanted to do a trailer to showcase what it, what it could be like. And he, he was really good at special effects. His dad's a Hollywood composer, uh, you know, oh, had wow. connections to Hollywood. There, there's some, some actors that are actually in, in that trailer that uh, people might recognize. And um, he came to us and we're like, yeah, let's, David. let's, yeah, let's, no, let's, uh, let's support this project. Let's put some money in and then we'll see where it goes and, and we'll figure out how we present it on IGN. And then he shows us an early version of the trailer and we watched it together. Uh, Fran, I think Fran Mirabella at the time, um, you know, set it up in our demo room to watch on a big screen. And we're all sitting there and we're like, you got to be kidding me. It's way too good. I mean, <laughs> when you when you see it with modern eyes, you're like, okay, this is obviously, you know, this is fan made. You know, some of the, the the costumes or the makeup doesn't look like Hollywood blockbuster material, but the special effects for the time were really really good. Mm -hmm. ah. And so I said, this is too good to post as a fan trailer. Let's be mean about it, and let's <laughs> uh, let's hold this for April first. And we pitched that to Sam. Sam said, okay, let's do it, and. Uh, so yeah, we 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 uh, he he kept on working on it. The music was added. It, it's got custom uh, music based on on the Zelda themes, and um, and he added a Dodongo shot and pea hats flying around. Everything, Pr pretty freaking awesome work. And then we added a a fake like credit screen at the end, a chime that appears when it says it comes out on April first, just to make it sure that there's some hints that it's fake. Um, and then we held it till April Fools. And we posted it at midnight and we went like this and hit the button to publish it. We didn't upload it to YouTube at the time. We actually posted it later on YouTube um, because we were worried about copyright strikes. Mm. We were worried that Nintendo would be really pissed. So we, we just debuted it on the website. Uh, and it went up and like the comments were, oh my God, I can't wait for it. Or, oh, I don't like, I don't like how Ganon, Ganondorf looks in this. <laughs> you know, I hate this. Don't do this to us, Nintendo. Still the occasional people saying like, wait a second, the, it says April 1st, this must be a joke, right? But the majority of the feedback was either, I can't believe this is happening or this is not what I want. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we came clean the next day and we said it was an April Fool's joke and we became the most hated people in the world for a very, very long time. <laughs> Honestly, we got so many emails about that trailer years after saying, you made my child cry, you're the worst people in the world, I cannot believe this is not real, why would you do that to us? Um, and uh, I have no excuse. A lot of broken hearts, pair. Yeah. I. I was at a, a tiki bar a couple months ago and they were I was talking, it came up that I worked at IGN and there I was like, I was, they're like, oh, I'm a big fan of yours. I was like, of your guys's and like, he's like, but I still haven't forgiven you guys for that one video. I'm like, which video? He's like, you know, the video. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, be more specific. I was like, I don't know. You know, the one Jada. <laughs> he's like, he's like the Zelda one. I'm like, oh 
yeah, I wasn't involved in that. Oh, so, uh, you know, still give me some good drinks. Um, but <laughs> it's, I, it's and it's really funny. Like if you look at the feedback today, people go like, well, of course you can tell it's fake. Right. It's a little bit like talking about the very first film performances where people were scared that a train would hit them by coming out of the screen. And like when yeah. I was a kid and I saw Jurassic Park, I, I was like, this is real. This is as real as it's ever going to get. And now you watch it and you see some of the CG when the T-Rex is running is mm -hmm. not perfect, right? Um, and the sneeze is not very good. But, like, at the time, people totally fell for it. And people will go like, well, I always knew it was fake. Come on. Uh, it looks yeah. great, too. The, the other thing that happens with every April Fool's joke is people saying, this is obviously fake. This is the worst April Fool's joke you've made. And then a year later, the comments change to, this is the best April Fool's joke mm -hmm. of all time. This <laughs> is the best. So this has happened with Halo Bollywood, where people were really mad at us. That's an awesome trailer still. Uh, it's happened with, we did a fake GTA trailer, a fake Aura's Harry Potter trailer. Um, so we, we've got a bunch of them. And even the Nintendo Direct, where mm -hmm. it's like, Everything's coming, everything's to, coming to Switch. So many of those to came true, too. Initial reactions was like, this is the worst. This is obviously fake. It's like, no, duh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? It's almost like an April Fool's joke. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Halo Bollywood is Halo so good. Halo Bollywood. When I look back at that Zelda live action trailer, I think about the obvious Lord of the Rings influences. Yeah. But it yeah. works surprisingly well, actually. Yeah, you gotta remember this was the the time where Legend of Zelda went into more of a uh, Lord of the Ringsy direction, right? Like if you look at um, Twilight, Twilight Princess, Princess, Twilight Princess, the trailer and and, mm -hmm. and the game, obviously riding on you know wild boars that look like wargs from the movies and all of that. So the Nintendo design team definitely was inspired by Peter Jackson stuff, and so yeah, this one this one definitely went into that same direction. But it's yeah, it's it's pretty fun to see that it's had legs this long and the views on it we don't have records unfortunately going back to 2008 like our tracking tools like google analytics change every every so often and you lose some of your data but the numbers were insane and uh you know we posted it late on youtube and it's got a couple of million, million views there as well um but yeah, it was just such a fun experiment and i i think i think sam was happy with it like i think partially it's like well you know like pretending that it was it we never said this but it was never designed to be an april fool's joke right it mm -hmm. was meant to showcase his abilities and also celebrate zelda fandom and so some of that may have gotten lost because it was presented as a trick but um he did a bunch of other fan trailers afterwards he did a metroid one with uh with jess chobot um he did a um he did a commercial for ign uh, with Attack Sailor Pacific. I don't know if you guys ever saw it. It mm -hmm. ran in movie theaters. We had oh. a partnership with movie theaters. Yes. It's like, basically, it's around IGN being the best uh, uh, the best destination to help you decide what game to buy, uh, to buy. And there's like a shot of like a CG snake biting somebody when they try to grab this game from under <laughs> a bed. It's like, Sam's a madman. He's just so good at this stuff. It's great. What's he doing now? <laughs> Uh, he's he's doing he's doing uh, Hollywood stuff. Oh wow! So, yeah, nice. he's 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 working in the Moving business. On up in the world. Yeah, like commercial work and all of that. Yeah, That's crazy. Nice. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is this well the best of the fan trailers? Is this the best of the fan trailers? Yeah. That we made or that number no. one. The number one fan trailer. I mean, there's some really cool stuff. Like somebody did a really cool Majora's Mask one. Remember that mm -hmm. one? Like those uh, are the the. Oh no, that's. I think, yeah, no, it was the guys who did Kina, Bridge of Spirits. Yeah. They did the Majora's Mask short. That was really good. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much creative stuff on, on YouTube. And obviously the the landscape 
blew up and you know the corridor people yeah. do awesome stuff all the time too mm -hmm. so now the the next logical step is somebody needs to recreate the uh, april fool zelda trailer in unreal 5 and then the circle Ooh. Of, uh, yeah we've come completed. full circle pair thank you for telling us a, a little bit of history today from the pair was there segment which is now a thing that we're going to do <laughs> pair was but, there. Uh, remember when the train yeah. came at people out of right, the street remember? yeah <laughs> it was there but uh we sure had a lot of fun today getting together with old friends having a laugh or two enjoying thankful season of thanks and for all you ninfrendos out there in ninfrendo land i'm wishing you a bountiful harvest and a cornucopia filled with various root vegetables winter squashes and other seasonal delights of the autumn season now i've got to get back to my own thanksgiving preparations those turkeys are not going to slaughter themselves and i still need to shine the buckle on my pilgrim hat so from all of us to all of you please please remember Nintendo Voice Chat is the only place where you can get the thing. Get it. Get the thing. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.